up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sean Jones NBA Show. Uh, today, I have my first guest on, uh, my dad, who happens to be a huge Celtics fan. Uh, so we're going to talk about the recent uh, rumors between the Celtics and Nets for a trade involving Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown. Um, and then after we wrap up with that, we're going to just go through top NBA League Pass teams for this upcoming season. So now I want to welcome in my dad, who is probably the biggest Celtics fan I know, which along with that comes the biggest Celtic homerism that I know. Um, but just tell us a little about your Celtic fandom throughout the years. Hello, everybody. Hello, Sean. Yep, I'm an old guy, so I was uh, jumping into NBA in the mid-70s. NBA was uh, a bit fledgling at the time, but uh, I do remember a moment when... Um, it was either this team in purple or this team in green, that being the Lakers or Celtics, and um, both were good. Both had uh, solid rosters. So I uh, jumped in to the Jojo White, Dave Cowens, Don Nelson, Paul Silas. Fell in love with that team, and they uh, stayed good. This is under the solid leadership of Red Arback. And uh, by the way, I'm going to challenge... HBO's winning time for accuracy, <laughs> but that's for another day. Well, they were literally making stuff up. I did some cross-checking on some scores <laughs> of the road trip they were on, where they like got killed two, three times in a row, and I looked on the scores. I'm like, they won two of those games. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, so the Celts became my guys, and then uh, of course, as I was rounding into young adulthood, we uh, drafted Larry Bird, and then. Uh, we did what I called fleecing number one, where we got Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish for garbage Joe Barry cares. I mean, Joe barely cares, excuse me. But then uh, that takes off, and obviously it's just champ- it's some championships and then uh, battling the Lakers, but a little bit of what could have been, obviously, with the Len Bias situation and everything. Then I suffered through uh, the early Paul Pierce career arc, the tough Patino years. And Antoine then, uh, Walker. Exactly. and then, uh, But then the Garnett trade and all that magic happens, and that was fun. I wanted more, but not to be. But then came uh, wonderful fleecing number two, where we uh, stole the draft picks from the Nets. And uh, so that's where I sit today. And then having watched the, uh, the amazing last year's season unfold which uh i'm going to be honest the uh early january was uh 2022 was some tough times but then the wind started to happen vegas believed in us before i did and then good gosh we kept going we kept going and so uh yeah that's where i am today and i believe uh the journey shall continue and we don't need outside (laughs) (laughs) well um Speaking of trades between the Nets and Celtics, uh, we can get right into it now. So it's been reported uh, by both Shams and Woj that the Celtics and Nets have been in talk for a Kevin Durant trade. Obviously, he's been on the market for a couple weeks now. Um, I believe it was late June when he requested a trade um, before free agency even started. So it's been nearly a month now, um, coming up on it probably this week, but was reported that the Celtics offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and one first-round pick for Durant, um, and that the Nets countered by saying, well, we will take Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, at least one other player, and multiple picks. The exact number wasn't 
specified, but um, I would assume three or four is probably what the, the range they were looking in um, based on some of the other requests that we've seen them have for other teams, which are a bit egregious at times. But yeah, uh, I do want to preface and just say that there have been some reports come out since then that these discussions aren't necessarily brand new. Um, this might have been something that happened in early July. So we do need to have that context just to say that um, there's a very good chance that the Nets just wanted to gain some more leverage with whether that be with the Celtics or with other teams um, by leaking this kind of strategically. Um, obviously, we don't know all the details, but just something to keep in mind. And I would point out that what would the Celtics gain from leaking any of those discussions? Yeah, I mean, when things are leaked, it's normally for a reason. I think a lot of these national media guys have more of an agenda than you think they do. They've got their sources, and I'm sure if you're... If you got a close source with the Nets, they're like, come on, if you leak this, then I'll you'll be the first one I let you know when something actually happens. And so it is probably more political than we think it is. So. And do you admit that the timing is suspicious uh, with the Monday morning uh, yeah. ESPN first I mean, the take? 2.30. Well, I'm sure producers were scrambling. It was 2.30 in the morning. They're like, oh, shit, we got to <laughs> change this segment. whole thing up. <laughs> um, but cool. Yeah, so I just wanted to kick things off. Um, getting the perspective of a Celtics fan, what this, um, what your reaction to this news was and where you think the Celtics should go. Yeah, well, first of all, I woke up Monday and uh, I felt like I was going to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say that, uh, yeah, well, obviously watching this Celtics team and uh, over the last uh, five years when they draft Brown and then they draft Tatum, and then, uh, you know, they were positioned for greatness and then it didn't happen in the Kyrie situation and Gordon Hayward and we, we all know that. But I mean, watching the ascension of Tatum and Brown, that's where I'm going to start this discussion. And um, again, going back to the January of 2022 and forward, it's uh, watching what Ime Adoku was able to do do with this team to finally get them focused and then to forge an identity around uh, what became just stifling defense. It, it, it wasn't pretty at times, but it's a stifling defense that became who they were and it became how they would beat you. And that journey continued. And then uh, I have to also mention that this final game of the regular season where everybody's mailing it in and we we win, and we know what's. We've then set up a gauntlet, and we uh, took down that gauntlet, and that was just a phenomenal run. Then, of course, we got so close, and uh, somehow in the process of the finals, we we let the Warriors turn into a better team. But that's for another day, and they become dominant, and they beat us. But I still say, I'm still going to start the the argument that uh, you don't you don't upset this ascension. And that you uh, you let the best of Tatum and Brown, yeah, come forward, and you don't disrupt that. And then I also want to add that uh, last I saw Kevin Durant, um, he was struggling against um, who did they uh, play in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, 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 the Boston Celtics. So you agree with Grant Williams that? The Celtics were the better team, but just... What was his quote? Did you see that? I did not. He He's, like, starting beef with Curry, and I'm like, dude, you got... You're not at that level, and you guys lost, so shut up, but... Um, cool, so just to clarify, you think that 
they should not make any trade that involves Jalen Brown, or do you think it has to do more with if there's additional assets, or what's the what's your take? I assets are another discussion, but I'm going to say just right up front, I want the JB to be the lifetime Celtic, and JB has given us everything from the start. And if you go back, you know the Celtics end up uh, potential. Uh, top pick but the way the lottery ends up they end up three in this uh, top two heavy draft and so there's a lot of discussion about who's going to be the who are they going to get at three and it's even even up to the draft it's all up and down and then Jalen Brown becomes a bit of a surprise pick he's raw and all this stuff so watching him grow and really uh, you know show that uh, Ainge Ainge was knew what he was doing there, and then uh, I guess is that who's in that draft? It's Ben Simmons and uh, Brandon Ingram went too. Brandon, yeah. yeah. So uh, again, that that I've just been such a JB fan from the start. He puts his heart into everything he shows during the pandemic. I mean, all that other you know amazing leadership and all that stuff, and just such a solid guy. And uh, I also feel a little bad that poor guy's been mentioned in a thousand trade rumors along the way. So I just feel like. I just want more of JB, and I think he could he could be an all-time Celtic. And I'm going to also argue that at the toughest times in the NBA Finals, you've got to get buckets. Yeah. And uh, we can talk about Tatum another day, but I mean JB was the one getting those buckets. And this is, you know what happens in Finals all of a sudden. <laughs> if you shoot 40%, it's great. But you might end up shooting thirty five, and there, there he was. So the stats might not show up, but there he was getting the tough yeah. buckets. So I mean, he he certainly was their most consistent player. Not that he was <laughs> necessarily super consistent, but they didn't have really anybody that was really consistent. Um, right, and except for Tatum, who was consistently bad, <laughs> yeah. you could say. And the other um, amazing thing is, I think he uh, Jalen had no turnovers in the NBA Finals, or did uh, I get that wrong? <laughs> I think you missed two digits or something, but. <laughs> Um, cool. Yeah, I th- to address your one point of him being a Celtics lifer. I mean, I think you need to realize that there's not a lot of lifers anymore. I mean, even the top guy, like, I mean, just think in the last twenty years, who's spent their entire career w- with the same team? John Havlicek. That I said the last twenty years. <laughs> um, Dirk, Kobe, and Duncan. Duncan. And then, like, Ginobili. But even Tony Parker left. He played with the Hornets for a year. That was weird. Um, Dwayne Wade was off the heat for a few years. Um, I still would argue that the... You look, in their prime, you I get what you're saying. look at the arc of young player to his prime and then... Yeah, yeah I guess. Um, I just think the, like, 15 years with one team, like, never happens anymore. And the Warriors is a is an exception, not the rule, I would say, with Steph, Clay, Draymond. Um, Agreed. But... Yeah. So I'm on the other side of the boat here. Um, if I'm the Celtics, I would jump on a Kevin Durant trade in a heartbeat. I think that sometimes teams get a little bit of false hope when they go further than expected. So I know the Celtics were in the finals this past year and only two games away from winning the whole thing. But um, we can't. Not mention that they got a little fortunate that Middleton didn't play um, in the second round. I think that he clearly made a difference. It still went to, it took a game of a lifetime from Tatum in game six, and then the game of a lifetime from Grant Williams on top of Giannis just like 
I've never seen him miss layups like he did in that game seven. Um, and of course, it wasn't a close game. But the point is, anytime you have you're up three two with a game on your home court, it's kind of useful to have a twenty point per game multi time all star to help you close it out. Um, and we we've seen other teams get, go a little further than expected, and they didn't necessarily live up to it, the expectations. I mean, the Hawks making the conference finals two years ago was totally out of nowhere, and then they just like limped into the play in last year with the yeah, exact for, same yeah, roster. For I mean, some reason, my number one uh, thought is always the uh, early Shaq magic with yeah. the uh, team that makes the finals. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and they don't get back, and you're like, oh, they'll, we'll see them again, don't worry. Yeah, they're like going to the, win many championships. I mean, uh, Kevin Durant's a perfect example of the Thunder. I mean, when they made it, I think he was like 23 or something, yeah. and you're like, they're going to be run the West, and then you're like, no, because they couldn't afford Harden, so they trade him, and then... Westbrook ages into this strange, like, shell of himself, can't get out of his own head player. Durant unexpectedly leaves, obviously, uh, for Golden State, and it changes everything, and they... Who knows what could have been? But my point is, um, outside of that, I think that we've seen, historically, that you kind of need a top-five player to win a championship. So if the goal is to win a championship, you need top-five player. And I can... If you look at the past 10 years... LeBron in 2012 and 2013, obviously top five player. 2014, the Spurs are maybe an exception. They had Duncan and Kawhi. While Duncan was a little past his prime, it's still, you can't take away from what Tim Duncan's done, and Kawhi was kind of coming into his own, so that combo enough. Plus just the culture and 20-plus years of um, success for the Spurs kind of speaks for itself. 2015, Steph. 2016, LeBron. 2017, 18, you got KD and Steph. Um, 2019 was Kawhi on the Raptors, and I feel like I'm going to get some pushback on this one. But um, just because he's not necessarily undisputed top five player, however, I would say that he had a phenomenal year that year. He averaged 27, 7, and 3, shot 50% from the field, 37 from 3, 85 from the line. He also had a defensive rating of 105, which was second in the NBA for non-big men. So he was not only one of the top offensive players but one of the top defensive players yeah i would would add he just he just did what the top player yeah do like anytime it's a big game you're like he's gonna get a bucket and then he elevated summers in the playoffs he averaged 31 9 and 4 with 103 defensive rating and his shooting stayed basically exactly the same um within one percent across the board so also at this point he had already made two first team all nbas um he went on to make a couple other All-NBA teams, and he only made second that year, but it was mostly just because he didn't play as much because of the load management. And on top of that, he had won Defensive Player of the Year twice. And even after all that, if you want to be like, he's not at the Steph, LeBron, KD level, we all kind of know that they probably would have lost if Durant was healthy. I mean, (laughs) when he came back into that game after being injured, they looked so much better. Um, But then after that, LeBron in 2020, Giannis in 2021, Steph in 2022. So... We haven't seen a player out that's not a top five, like pretty undisputed top five guy um, win the championship in over a decade. Um, and even if you go back further, I just didn't want to go um, too far back. I mean, Dirk is maybe an example where that could have maybe not been the case. But the point is, um, Tatum could get to that point, maybe. But He could, and can I bring up the elephant in the room? And by the way, that elephant is coming off... Uh, some Achilles surgery and oh yeah, the, missed the season and uh, okay. Well, Durant was phenomenal the past few years. I mean, he was like in top three for MVP talks um, before he got injured both his last two seasons. And I've 
Of course, there's a good chance he's played He's played 90 games in three years, so I, I get that. Yeah. But it's kind of unfair when you consider he missed the whole season with yeah. one major injury. Um, but he, I mean, he's so good. This eye test, <laughs> like, I don't, there's no one who doesn't think he's a top five player. Okay. And I don't I know okay, you don't even, even think that. You don't think that. But even eye test, run those first three games. All right, game four, fine. He okay, points, three bad games. I don't was, How about 15 great he had career deer in the, seasons? He, he had Derek White, deer in the headlights. <laughs> well, Eyes. I, whatever. He, you can say that, but I know you firmly don't believe that he's not a top five player. He just is. He's, yeah, he's unguardable. I mean, K- he's so good. KD is, uh, I have highest respect for him, obviously. He's just absolute god. And then, really, the, the reason why this is a juicy discussion is, is really because you're, you're at different points of career arcs yeah. here. And so what can you, you know, if you crystal ball this, it, it could be uh, absolutely go one way or the other. So that's why it's really juicy. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about collateral at all, but, I mean, if you do start talking about that Marcus Smart's part of the deal, then then, then you're really transforming your team and... You know, so just two seconds on Marcus Smart is that that's just such a key part of our identity and, and absolutely what a insane trick-or-treat player offensively, mostly, I say that. But his defensive versatility is astounding. And uh, yeah, one of the sneaky things is his ability to, to guard big, bigger, and bigger. I mean, he can do that. He can switch off. He's maybe not that good against uh, small, quick guards, but I mean, he's amazing and he's such a part of our personality. So, of course, when you're making that part of the trade, you then don't know what you end up with. And one of the knocks on you know Tatum, of course, has been like, does he have that 124 by 7 intensity and is he going to is he gonna scream in the huddle? And yeah. He seems to be more on the passive side. But Yeah, I mean, so the smart thing, all I'll say, I've never been a huge smart fan. I don't think his trade value is ever going to be higher than right now. And there's certainly a world where 365 days from now, he plays like he did in 2020 and you're just pulling your hair out because he's shooting bad threes and he's not scoring efficiently and he's his turnovers are a little higher than they should be and his defense is still good but he's still had some up and down defensive years he's always been good overall but not he certainly didn't defend like he did last year every single season so. yeah and you might the, the games played probably looks good but boy he misses a lot with the yeah just small stuff um, here and there I also do want to bring up, so you brought up just how beloved Jalen Brown is for Celtics fans, but I want to bring up a similar scenario, which um, this player was actually traded in an extremely similar deal. Um, DeMar DeRozan on the Raptors. Yeah, you knew I was going there. (laughs) Say what you want about DeMar DeRozan, but he was coming off. He sucked. He was coming off two straight All-NBA selections. Which Jalen Brown has not only not made an All NBA team, he's only got one All Star appearance, um, and he wasn't particularly close to making an All NBA team. And while he is younger, I'll give you that. But um, DeRozan is that was peak. I mean, he had he, he had one year with the Raptors. I think it was the year right before we averaged twenty seven a game, and they were the like one seed. So like, it's, yeah, until March hit. And then well, sure, but I'm I'm just saying that like no one in their right mind would say Brown right now is better than DeRozan was at that point in his career. But he got traded for Kawhi with one first round pick and Danny Green. That yeah. was the trade. Yeah, I mean, what's uh, of course fundamentally different is what does Durant have uh, three more years? Four years. Four and and yeah, he has so four and years and Kawhi had one. So, so that's like well that's what I'm saying. That's crazy risk. That's why I'm like 
it's crazy to think that you're like not wanting to give up basically the same trade for yeah. four years of Durant when they did it for one year of Kawhi and it obviously paid yeah. off because they won the whole thing. Um, we, again, might, we might actually have the Paul Pierce wheelchair ready for Durant <laughs> on his fourth oh, yeah. year. Um, and, and well, I, maybe I also mentioned that Durant, um, I think he's been an amazing, of course, citizen of the game, but... Um, but you still have to say this latest move with the Nets is then this is the era of play, player empowerment. So this is, to be fair, this is the first time he's really done this, I think, where he's then said, I want out. But that's but that's a sure. red flag. And then what happens if uh, it doesn't go well and then he wants out again and all that stuff. So so if you're the Celtics, you have to think about that. No, Jalen Brown has shown none of that yeah, possibility. Yeah. No, I, I get the risk of that. And that's why I've been, I've said on the show multiple times that I had continue to think he'd probably end up with the Suns just because I think other teams are going to be scared away from giving too much because you're right. I mean, who's to say that he gets traded and it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be here. And then it, when does it stop? And it does get, it can get sticky, which is, yeah, I understand that. But I, I just want to say, like, I looked at their contracts over like who they have on the books for the next few years, if they were to trade smart and um, Brown and then however many picks, whatever, they would have a three-year window with Tatum for age 24, 25, and 26. Mm. Durant, age 34, 35, 36. Robert Williams, age 25, 26, 27. Malcolm Brogdon, um, age 30, 31, 32. And then while Horford, Gallinari, and Grant Williams don't have deals that run through the next three years, Grant Williams would be a restricted free agent. Horford has been pretty vocal about how Boston's been his favorite spot, um, so I would imagine he'll resign for probably a lot lower amount than he's making now. And then Gallinari's got a player option for um, two years from now, so um, I'm assuming if things go well, he would stay. But my point is that that's a pretty formidable team. As yeah, you is. didn't even bring up JD Davison. I mean, star <laughs> of summer league. So yeah, sure. Well, he might be in the deal, but <laughs> um, but my point is, even without you have to think about it like Durant is such an upgrade over. Um, Brown, at least in the short term, that like, is his, is he so much better that it offsets the loss of Smart? And in my opinion, the answer is yes, because I think you still have a lot of really good defensive players. And clearly, your biggest weakness in the playoffs was offense. Just at times, it's just Tatum and Brown going ISO, taking turns, just because they don't have a lot of other guys that can create. I mean, Derek White was like third fourth best yeah, shot creator and it's just like you, that's not gonna you be can, good enough uh, see the rosy side and say well that's why we got gallinari and and oh, Brog- okay. and Brogdon. doesn't even move on the court okay. <laughs> he just stands but, but there i think to, to wrap up passer, but. to wrap up the Celtics side i would also just say this is me as a fan but i i just don't want this is what happens today's day and age but i don't want us to be tatum durant and three serviceable players and then minimum contracts. I mean, I just don't want to enter into that era either. Like like I said, we built our identity around defensive depth and then that proved to be that we didn't sure. have enough offense. But it still was like, that's the team I want to move forward with. No, I get it. But, I mean, as I just went through, you saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven extremely competent players and I didn't even talk about Pritchard or... Um, other guys like Davison, like you said. So I don't know if they might have to add someone else to um, match the deal. But 
Um, if they give up too much salary, I mean, Brown makes a pretty hefty amount. So if you include him and Smart, you're, I think you're already at like the Durant's Smart's number. Like 15. Yeah. So if they were to give another player, they'd probably have to take another player back. So even in a scenario where they're like, want Robert Williams, which I know you probably would say that's way too much anyway, but they might have to like take back Nick Claxton, for example, who's, yeah. I mean, he's a poor man's Robert Williams. Yeah. Like, they're I not think, majorly and different. He plays I mean, more games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not like a huge downgrade, but. Right. And then the, the point of competent players, I mean, if you're swapping Brown and Durant and losing Smart, you're only losing one rotation player, essentially, because you're swapping two yeah. and then you're losing one. So I don't think it'd be that big of a hit. Um, if you look at some of the other trades that have gone down over the years, like the Lakers-Anthony Davis trade, I mean, they gave up four rotation players and <laughs> every pick they probably could. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, again, if I am the Celtics, I think I would do... well. I'll say this. I think I would do it at the – depending on how many picks. I mean, if they're asking for five picks, then, yeah, that's that's probably too much. I, I'm absolutely guessing here, but it's going to be the standard package. I mean, now the bar's been set. I mean, once Rudy Gobert gets four picks yeah, plus I've heard spots, I've heard people say that, like, GMs are kind of annoyed about that, but at the same time they're like – Okay, if he did something stupid, it doesn't mean like no one can trade because like there's a limit on how many picks you can trade. Like of you can course. only trade four and, and then three swaps if you unless you own other teams. So it's like there has to be an upper bound. <laughs> I know. So. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I did what was reported with the one pick. I mean that's hilarious. That would, this trade would never. Happen oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. Pick. The one yeah. pick. And with that, we can kind of segue into the the next side of this Nets perspective, but. One pick is just not good enough. I mean, the example I gave of the DeRozan and Kawhi trade, like that deal was, as I said, uh, DeRozan, Danny Green, and only one pick, which probably was lower because he only had one year left. Um, but yeah, that, and, he, and he hadn't played, of course. There was... Yeah, he hadn't played in the last year. But um, but again, that, that trade was, in retrospect for the Spurs, like not great. I mean, <laughs> compared to what has been gotten for players of that caliber, they were super mediocre. I think they were like a seven seed for the next two years, lost first round, and then Aldridge got old, and then suddenly they're like playing team, but DeRozan is just... DeRozan honestly has improved, but it, he just wasn't good enough to be the best player on a on a like playoff team anymore. Um, and the only long-term piece they got out of it was that pick, which actually ended up being like a 25th pick or something, which... Ironically enough, is it was it was yeah. Keldon Johnson who's now their best player, but that that's like that just is because they drafted well. That's not like a common place where you get the twenty fifth pick and suddenly it's going to turn into a, a good player. Um, it's kind of a crapshoot at that point. So um, on top of that, Jalen Brown does only have two years left. Um, I do think he seems like a loyal guy and probably would be loyal to Boston, but I think once you're traded, you kind of stop caring about that a little bit as much. Um, and if they leave and they don't get more picks, then I think it could actually go down as like one of the worst trades in NBA history. Because mm. like if the Nets, let's say they do it, the Nets win forty five games the next two years, they lose first round both times. Jalen Brown walks, or like, I mean, they accomplish nothing in the the Jalen Brown era, and they're left with literally nothing behind. And I they mean, just this can be when Ben Simmons finally shines. <laughs> Sorry, not a big Ben Simmons fan. <laughs> um, and at this point, I'm like, Nets, didn't you learn your lesson trading with the Celtics? Like they, yeah. And that is the other part of it is like they've been totally burned by them before, and they're in the same division, so it's just like you can't, like, 
the division trades don't happen very much, I feel like, anyway. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm sure if you're the Nets, you'd rather send them to the West because you're probably not going to be good enough to make the finals anywhere, so, anyway, so it's not going to really affect you. Um, but but I, I think, sorry, I think you no, need to start out with that. The Nets, look at the strength weakness here. I mean, they're in such a weak position. They've got... Um, they had a super team that they had to carve away. We know yep. that story. And then they're left with Kyrie, and uh, we know that story. Yep. But to have Durant, I mean, let's not forget stuff here. This is uh, the Harden's one thing, Kyrie's one thing. But when you have Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. drop the news that he wants out. Put yourself in the shoes of that general manager, and you are then you are in a position of weakness. Every other team knows no, know. that it was reported. So I mean, that you have to factor this in that that what are you supposed to do? And you know, no, I, I I'm on board with you there. I've talked yeah. a lot about that, but all I'll say is that it's like let's think about other teams. So obviously the Suns have been mentioned as his top spot, and the reported trade for that obviously they can't trade Aiden now. So Bridges would be the like main player in the deal. But there's talks of the Suns giving their four picks and two swaps away. So think about it this way. If is Jalen is two years of Jalen Brown worth six picks and four years of Bridges? Like, no. Like if Jalen Brown gets traded, he's not getting traded yeah. for six picks and Bridges, who is clearly a less skilled player, but like he's not significantly worse value wise in terms of like helping a, a winning team. Like but, but the only thing I would argue is that Jalen Brown has the potential to be okay, I don't want to say the best player on a championship team, team but he can still true. ascend. <laughs> no, he can still ascend and be your best player, and I don't think. But I think Bridges he can be your can best be player. That. He can, I think he's well, sure, sure. But I, the point is, if the goal is to win a championship, I personally think Brown could n- never be the best player on a championship team, and Bridges can either. So the, at that point, you have to look at them as complementary pieces because that's what they are, and. You're right, Brown is probably best suited as a, a good number two or a really good number three. And Bridges is probably suited as a good number three or really good number four. So I agree. He's, he's a tier below. Jalen Brown's 26. I, keep, I need to remind you. Well, so Bridges is 25. So I'm, I, I'm just saying. it's not a I, Brown is fully better than Bridges. But I'm just saying Bridges does things better than him that are extremely conducive to today's style of play and winning. Such as, I mean, he was second in defensive player of the year this year. And, and he can guard, like, small guards, and it's such a guard league. And he's a, a better spot-up shooter, I would say, than Brown. And But he knows his role. He's not trying to expand. But the point is, Brown is better than Bridges, but is he six picks better than him? And, yeah, like, and just, I, still no. would, I would still counter-argue when you make this trade, which is, you know, the classic uh, three quarters on the dollar or whatever they say. But when you make that trade, you, you, you are looking, whether this is for your fans or something, you're looking for a player that at least has that potential. So I'm only trying to... I'm, I'm, no, of course. Not to bust on Bridges. I'm just trying to say, like, Mikhail Bridges is... he's He would love to have that guy on my championship team. He's mm-hmm. an absolute winning player, but he's not... If you turn to your fans and you say, like, well, we had Kevin Durant, and now we have Bridges and a bunch of draft picks, that, that just tried to draw a little distinction there. Because you can always say draft picks are what? Okay, if Phoenix stays good, then what are those draft picks? Yeah, but I'll... All I'll say is, as well is that Bridges just signed a four-year, $90 million extension, which is, I mean, he's making like 21 mil next year. And yeah. then Brown's going to have his deal expire in two years and probably have to get like 35 because that's 
with the cap going up. So I'm just saying he's going to be 15 mil more expensive in two years. So that's part of the asset. Um, like that, I'm looking through it from an asset perspective, and that's part of what plays into it. Would you rather have Jalen Brown at 35 million or Bridges at 22 million? I'm like, it's a discussion at least. Yeah. And then you add in the picks, and you're like, okay, well, then it's kind of a no brainer. So all I'm saying is that the one pick is clearly not enough. If you get up in the three to four range, then maybe you could argue Brown is a few picks more valuable to have at, on a team. But um, at the end of the day, they're both complementary players, most likely for a high level team. I think Brown could be the best player on like a play-in, like fringe playoff team. But. but but let's play this out for the Nets. So if you've got, let's see, you'd have Jalen Brown, mm. you'd have Kyrie Irving, and you'd have Marcus Smart. And uh, what, do, what do you think about that lineup? <laughs> you mean the, the 2019 Celtics? <laughs> oh, good one! <laughs> no, yeah. I, I was looking through some like, what if the Nets pulled this trade off and it's literally the 2019 Celtics I have a friend who's a Nets fan who was sending it to me, and I was like, "You just sent me the lineup of." <laughs> Wait, this is uh, this just across the wire. Daniel Tice is available to sign. As Gordon a- Hayward could certainly be had. Um, <laughs> I mean that it, it you do have to think about the Kyrie factor. I don't. Well, that yeah, that's the other part. Is I'm like, Kyrie, you don't want Kyrie as your best player. It's yeah. just not. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Even if they make the trade, they're like five seed at best and losing first round most likely. So. That's why I kind of think maybe the picks is the way to go and just get more flexibility because, like, they're just not... I don't know. It just seems like by the time they're actually set up to potentially contend again, then Brown's a free agent and it complicates things. So, But, I mean, I think Brown is absolutely the best player they can receive in a trade that's, like, at least potentially available. I don't think they'll get someone better. So a lot of these... People talk about these trades all the time, and to be honest, it, we don't know because we don't know what they value. Maybe they're like, we just want to get as many picks as we can because we don't have any yeah, picks right yeah. now. Maybe they're like, we want to get the best player we can. I, the, the, the package around them doesn't matter as much. Maybe they want cap flexibility. Um, I think teams value that a little bit more than we like to think they do, and so they want a bunch of expiring salaries, which can go well with the draft pick package, for example. Yeah, so yeah. we just have no idea what they're valuing, so it's all kind of just he said, she said right now. But, um, yeah, if I'm the Nets, I would make the trade if I can get three, four picks maybe. But if I'm And if I'm the Celtics, then I don't know if I do that. That's why I... It feels like a weird match for me because I feel like the the middle ground is very very much a fine line. Yeah. Because like pitching to Celtics fan four picks and Brown, they're gonna be like that's just absurd. But then if you're the Nets and you get two picks, you're like we only got two picks for a top yeah. fifteen player all time with with time on his contract. Yeah, with four years guaranteed, and he's when he's played recently, he's been a top three player in the league. So like it, it's just tough from both sides. So. Um, and then what's going on if you're a Nets fan? I mean, talk about absolute roller coaster of ten years. I mean, that's oh, crazy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you, you, they could easily be in an absolute blow it up mode. In what would you say, two years, one year? Well, the problem is they can't. Yeah. They can't tank because yeah. Houston has all their picks. That's so right, like, yeah. so they're they have no incentive to just be like, let's bottom out. Um, I mean, it's kind of how they were before. When they trade all the picks to the Celtics, they they did bottom out. I mean, they had two top three picks. Yeah, uh, one was number one overall. That's the uh, always make a huge trade with the bad franchise with the bad with the, <laughs> yeah. 
not soon to be millionaire. <laughs> yeah, that's why if you're the Jazz, you're probably rather trade with the Knicks than the Heat. <laughs> Pretty different last decade for both of them. Um, but yeah, just to just to wrap up here, um, I'm not sure it's going to be a fit between these teams. I I kind of feel like this was more of a leverage play by the Nets, um, and this might have happened weeks ago. And if that's the case, then. It doesn't feel like either of them have kind of budged, um, which makes sense. So who knows? But I think the Celtics probably are entertaining the idea, but they don't feel like they need to make the deal because I feel like they do feel pretty good about their team and where they're at coming off of last season. And they definitely improved on paper from last season, which is good. A lot of teams will get that far and kind of just think they can run it back with internal improvements and then... And I do think uh, Brad Stevens, like Danny Ainge, they, they, part of their playbook is to just never let discussion potential discussions out. And it's happened before. Um, yeah, there was a lot of Marcus Smart going to be traded. Wow. Stuff floating that doesn't Whatever. benefit the Celtics. When you're Marcus Smart, you don't get to be like, <laughs> why is my name coming up in trade rumors? We're like, yeah. dude, because you make $12 million and right. you're a fringe starter. Right. <laughs> it's like Miles Turner has been on the block for I'm just gonna, six years. Exactly. I'm just going <laughs> to re- repeat and say that, I mean, we, we don't know. The Celtics have no, yeah, no need to let this type of info go if it's live info. Yeah. Okay, anything else? For wrap up, no that segment. Cool. It's a quiet July. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So now we're gonna do a little um, NBA league pass team segment. So how this is gonna work is we're gonna just call out some. We're gonna do a draft. So uh, my dad will start for best NBA league pass team. So that's kind of defined as just it's a Monday night. 8 p.m. in mid-February. There's not really much else on. There's a uh, eight kind of crappy-looking games on. So which which teams are you most interested to watch? Basically, what exciting teams? You're not really gonna. It doesn't necessarily mean the best teams, um, but yeah, just most exciting and uh, less boring teams. And then we're also gonna do the uh, lowest rankings on the. Um, league pass teams so teams that you have pretty much no interest in watching for this upcoming season or for whatever reason maybe they're bad boring you've seen them enough whatever it may be right to qualify the top league pass teams you have one percent free on your dvr so you can only record one game on this monday night what's it gonna be yeah cool um so i'll i'll let you kick it off so um my number one league pass team for next year is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm, that was my first pick team. <laughs> we one. know what we saw at the end of last year. We saw a feisty team, upstart. Yeah. Coach got him playing hardball. Got Brandon Ingram coming to life. What a team. And then, need I say more? Adding Zion Williamson. Yeah. I, I mean, want to see this team. Yeah. I mean, Zion. Zion alone is enough to make you interested, but I mean, just they really gave a son the Suns a run for their money in the first round last year. It was definitely interesting. So, by far the best team that they'll have had since Anthony Davis. Um, I mean, you could even argue like better than any team they had with Anthony Davis. I don't know. Um, depends how you feel, how high you are in Zion, but yeah, it could be fun. Tell me their draft picks again. Um, from this year, yeah. Dyson Daniels went um, eighth overall to them. He didn't play at all in summer league, but he was in the he played in New 
or Australia, the Australian, he's from Australia and then played in the G League Ignite team. Um, but I really like his game. He kind of reminds me a little of Josh Giddy. Needs to work on his shot a little bit, but um, really good feel for the game. Good passer, for, even for his size. He's like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, or something. Um, so yeah, big fan of him. And then obviously they had a great rookie class last year with Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, um, and then even Alvarado uh, came out of nowhere to be pretty good. But they're deep, man. Um, I mean, you forget they have like Larry Nance, Jackson Hayes, yeah. Valanchunas, Devontae Graham. Um, yeah. I think they're going to be super fun to watch. They were going to be my first pick. so Yeah, and then CJ is there to drop some yeah. key second-half buckets. And... Yeah, I mean, the between McCollum, Ingram, and Zion, that's like that's a damn good yeah. offensive trio at the very least. Yeah, one and of just to be fair, fair like part of league pass criteria is it also could be dysfunctional, which is why it's fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, if you have Zion, they can't space right. Or if he is obese, showing up to <laughs> yeah, camp, so... <laughs> What do you got there, Sean? Jones? All right. Um, so I was going to do Pelicans 1, but now that they are off the board, I will take the Detroit Pistons. Um, I am a huge, huge Cade Cunningham fan. I would have taken him number one in this draft, too. Um, he was really good in the second half. Um, ended up with pretty good stats overall. I mean, he averaged 17, 6, and 6. That's pretty good for a rookie. And. He, considering how poorly he's shot the ball to start the year, the fact that he's selling it up 42% from the field is, is pretty impressive. Um, but I, I honestly would not be surprised if he made an all-star team this year. Um, I know we saw LaMelo jump from rookie of the, rookie of the year last year to, um, or two years ago to all-star last season. So I think the Pistons could be better than people think. I don't, I don't necessarily have them like as a seven or eight seed, but I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck into the play in, um, I really liked the Duran pickup in the draft. Jaden Ivey was not expected to be there. Um, and they've got some good veterans, too, which I think matters. Like Alec Burks, um, I think they're going to cut Kemba Walker, but they still have Kelly Olenek, um, Corey Joseph. Game 7, Kelly Olenek. <laughs> um, but then even some of their other young guys, Sadiq Bey, um, I'm pretty – I think he's going to be a good player. He did. yeah, didn't Sadiq drop off big – he had like a fifty-point game half. at some point. Yeah, yeah. no, he, I think he, but his stats dropped off last year. Oh uh, well, he he had a he had an interesting season because he he was really inefficient. He didn't shoot the ball well, but I think a lot of that was because they were asking him to like do more shot creation stuff, which is not his strength. He's he really suits best as like a um, OG Ananobi, Mikel Bridges role, like mostly just shooting spot up shots. Can do a little bit off the dribble, but um, I think that hurt his efficiency, but. Um, also, they have Marvin Bagley, who's interesting piece at least. I mean, to be honest, he's viewed as a huge bust, and probably rightfully so, given that he was taken before Luca, when no one thought he should have been. Um, at least the Aiden pick was like a, a lot of people did prefer Aiden at the time, but I don't think anyone was like, "Yeah, Bagley's the pick." What's your ceiling for him? But yeah, so but he's actually played decently when he's played. He's just been really injured. I mean. But, he, but can he defend? Can he stay on Not the Not really, but, yeah. <laughs> but like, he doesn't need to. That's, rule number one of the league pass team is they do not oh, need yeah, to play any defense. I don't know, though. I mean, we'll see. He needs to improve on that, and that's probably his, his weaker yeah. part. But I, I love your Kate. I love picking Detroit here. I, I also think what's so fun about Kate is, like, you, you know these type of players, so that the leap from year one to year two can be Oh, significant, yeah. and we could be talking all like you said. It could be talking about like, oh, Cade. I mean, just remember 
not not to make a comp to job but i mean just remember the leap he made yeah all, all of a sudden the second year you knew he was uh, for real yeah totally and i think second i mean i think you certainly can have like the little slump sophomore year and then third year is really where you're like all right if you're not good this year you're probably just not going to be good but um at least from the star side of things people always hold out for these guys that they think are going to be really good and i'm like most of the top guy i mean look at the yeah. 20 best players in the league by year two you're like okay yeah they're really good <laughs> like there's not a lot of them are, are like sucked for five years and then suddenly are good so um okay who you got next I'm going with the uh, once tragic, now magic, magic. <laughs> so they've been just absolutely struggling for years now. What's going on? They got high draft picks. A little frisky here and there, but then, come on. Like, what's happening? But now, but now they, made, gonna... they made the playoffs like two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah. They, oh, but before they had, when they then, then they, they were like that team where you're like, God, they suck. They up. immediately <laughs> then were like, take 48, take... Uh, yeah, Vucevic. Yeah, exactly. Good so, trade for them. So, but then um, now we have something interesting mm-hmm. on this Monday night because we have Paolo Bencaro. Yep. And I've heard your podcasts, Sean, and I know... You might be a fan. You might know a little about him, and so. But I'm a believer. I think the passing, yeah. and I think the all-around game, and uh, we're gonna see him at the point, bringing the ball up, looking around, and then uh, don't know about their shooting. But listen, I'll tell you what's gonna excite me is they're, they they've got a, a potential D lineup that I wouldn't want to go against. If you mm-hmm. think of like Jonathan Isaac, Suggs, Fultz, Gary Harris, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. I mean that that that's pretty darn fun to think of trying to go against that. Um, not a big Cole Anthony fan, but I do think this team could be fun to check out. No, I, I agree with you there. They were actually gonna be next on my list too, so um, <laughs> two of my top three gone. But yeah, I, I'm with you there. The Magic, they're they're one of the most interesting teams to me because they they are like legit. Like they got like ten to eleven guys that are like legit NBA players like that could play on any team um and most of them are young which you don't see a lot for bad teams it's normally the they're bad because they might have two or three and you look at their ninth man and you're like that dude shouldn't even be in the league um but yeah that i've talked about them a lot already so i, I won't beat a dead horse here but a uh, good pick um next for me i have minnesota um so <laughs> it's funny i've I'm kind of been a Rudy Gobert hater, but I'm interested to see how it works. Um, we have not seen anything even comparable to this in in recent NBA, just in terms of like um, two legit seven footers playing together. And maybe we've seen it in little spurts, but like that's their best lineup. That's two of the three best players. They're gonna have to play a lot together. So I I think it's gonna be one of those where the defense holds up really well in the regular season, but then in the playoffs it might not because when you've got two guys that can be a mismatch for guards like that, it could be tough. But um, on top of that, I I think a lot of people are really high on Anthony Edwards. I think he's gonna be very, very solid as well. Um, I think maybe pump the brakes a little. (laughs) I've seen some people putting up in like the top 20-ish tier um, of the league. I, I definitely don't have him there, but I think he, he could get there. He's he's young. He's, um, I mean, we, 
he's been extremely charismatic, so he's fun to watch. He's super athletic. He probably had the best dunk um, of the season. Uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I remember he came up on the baseline. I think it was his rookie year, but he made a ton of improvements last year. Um, and then, of course, D'Angelo Russell is normally horrible to watch, but every once in a while he'll have a 40-point game for you. So I, I'm going to uh, come at this two ways. I'm going to say on one hand I agree with you because uh, this is – one of the more intriguing set of roster moves mm-hmm. in search of something. Yeah. And they, they, they created some success and to do this, uh, the go bear move is, uh, wow. It, it's really uh, polarizing, of course. So I'm a little bit, I think I'm going to flip that. What is it? Channel six forty thirty two. I'm going to go over there and see what's cooking, but I'm also, I'm going to hit the other side, which is, yeah, you could have a team. You could be forced to watch a bad D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> a Rudy Gobert clogging all the offense, a disenfranchised cat sitting there waiting to shoot threes, yeah. and then Anthony Edwards going eight for thirty. Yeah, I think it's interesting. <laughs> I, I I get that, and I I, I want to preface that there's a chance that they are really yeah. boring, yeah. but. I as far as big moves made this offseason, that was probably the biggest one thus far, and so. Part of this is like, yeah, what do yeah. I want to watch? And I yeah. want to watch that. I want to watch yeah. the same teams I've seen a bunch run it back already. So yeah. that was, that was I'm right. I also coming. say I'm a little sad to get they got rid of Pat Bev. He was always worth <laughs> a, a random <laughs> league. Well, he's not going to stay on the Jazz, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. But okay, back to you. Okay, for, I'm going to surprise a little bit. Maybe I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors. Interesting. And, uh, I was. Uh, I should also say that. This was my first year with League Pass. My wonderful children got it for me as a gift. I watched uh, 80 Celtics games. Thank you, local Hornets blackout. Uh, but uh, but I did also watch a lot of other stuff. And I did find somehow that Raptors are uh, one of these. Uh, they can beat anyone. They can lose to anyone teams. Mm-hmm. And they've got a little bit of that same, like, the 6-8 lineup of Doom. Like, they're just... Yeah, and an OB, and uh, I mean they like don't even have a center. They like we're playing Siakam at center, and then between Barnes as well, right? So they're like definitely the team I want to watch play uh, the Sixers, and you know take them down by a few points, that type of thing. So that's what I got. Yeah, they're they're a fun one. If not, I mean you didn't even mention him, but Scotty Barnes is he could be really good. I mean he rookie of the year last year was I was like. Mostly high on him, but I didn't think I thought he could take some time because he's not a great shooter. Um, but he, if he can even develop a average league average shot, he's gonna be really good. I think he's kind of reminds me a little Sean Marion esque, like prime Sean Marion, like probably can shoot a little, but not his strength. But super athletic, just super long, great, Why great. More like a Scotty Pippen though. I mean, I mean, I don't think Marion and I Pippen never at their of prime is that versatile, but I. I yeah. I mean, he's the only one that played any defense on the Suns team. So, <laughs> um, no, you. I mean, but I don't. I don't think Marion and Pippen are that different playing style wise. Um, they're both about, about the same size, and they can both handle the ball pretty well for their size. They're not yeah, great shooters, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm just I'm I'm an older guy, so the the Pippen domination was. I mean, yeah, just absolutely lockdown defender, and then great passer and. Move the ball a lot, and uh, yeah, good secondary score. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, my last pick uh, for the exciting teams to watch are is the Cavs. Um, I think that they 
they I was shocked by how well they played last year. I thought they would be a bottom feeder in the East, and they while they did not make the playoffs, um, they got a little robbed. I mean, they still won what was it forty uh, something games last year, um, and they kind of fell off a cliff when the rest of their team got hurt. Yeah, they were forty four and thirty eight last year, um, but then when Jared Allen got hurt, Darius Garland missed some time. Um, Ricky Rubio is out for the year, and they didn't get Levert until later in the year. So they were, they really just were so depleted um, the second half of the year, and it, and it showed. And so they weren't able to make the playoffs despite being, I mean, they were like a top five, six seed for most of the year. But I'd like to see them run it back with a fully healthy team. Uh, if Mobley can take the leap everyone expects him to, I've seen some like Kevin Garnett comps from people. Um, I don't think. I'm not quite as high as him as some people are. Like, I'm more of a Cade guy. If you ask me if we, I could yeah, have one moving yeah. forward, I would still pick Cade just because I think that he's the... Um, I just think having a, a big guard is better than yeah, having I mean, a big I guy. Yeah, I mean, Mobley so. could, could ascend to the best at his position, but I yeah. do agree that he's not going to have the ball. And... Yeah, I also don't... I don't know how I feel... I don't know if I love the Jared Allen-Mobley fit next to each other. I feel like Mobley's going to be best utilized as a center down the road, but I think right now he's, he can be fine at the four because he's a little skinny. But but yeah, I think Garland also, the second half of last year, was averaging like 24 and 10. I mean, he's for good. like a 20-game stretch. He's going to be really good. Um, it's only... I think last year was only his third year. Um, he's still only 22, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, only his third year, and he made the All-Star team last year. He averaged 22 and 9. Um, shot 38% from three, 46 from the field. So I only expect him to get better. Um, and I think if, I mean, him and Mobley could turn into like one of the best duos of the next 10 years easily. Um, and that's not even to mention guys like Jared Allen or Levert, Laurie Markinen. Um, and then Kevin Love was in the talks for six man of the year last year. So he wasn't too bad. Interesting. I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did a few honorable mentions as well. Uh, <laughs> this one's kind of funny because I feel like every year I would have had them bottom of my league pass rankings. <laughs> but um, I kind of am interested to watch the Kings this year a little bit. Um, I want to see – I think Sabonis and Fox are a fun offensive fit. I think that they're going to be terrible on defense, so they won't be good enough. But I actually sneaky liked some of their pick, pickups this year, though. I think Malik Monk and Kevin Herter are like the – most responsible acquisitions the Kings have made in the last five years, just in terms of like not getting redundant players and getting guys that have transferable skills to winning. Um, and then Keegan Murray looked really good. I, I was not high on him coming out, but I mean, you can't argue with he won MVP in the summer league and rightfully so. I mean, he was like by far the best player who played um, the full time there. So who knows what Davion Mitchell turns into? Um, but yeah, they still have Harrison Barnes as well. But I, I do, I've always been a big Sabonis fan. I think that their five-man lineup of Fox, Herder, Barnes, Murray, and Sabonis could be very interesting and fun to watch. Um, again, I don't think that they'll be any good necessarily just because the West is so tough. But definitely the most excited I think Kings fans should be um, than over the last few years. I think I'm also noticing a Josh Jackson fifth on the death chart for the Kings so I mean if that's fifth then <laughs> no I can't I can't do it only be and and I'm not a Sabonis fan I'm admittedly blinded by uh, 
the guy that plays his best when his team is the worst type of thing. And I, I totally could be corrected. The Warriors could pick him up. He could be Hall of Famer. I could be totally wrong, but he's a guy that I don't see he's made, he's making made, a team better so far. He's made the playoffs three times in his Has career. He? Okay. He's only played six seasons. Half yeah. a season he's made the yeah. playoffs. Um, then, only thing I'm going to add, uh, honorable mention, is... Uh, Gotta check out those Clippers at some point. I yeah. mean, this is always the the problem with this Monday night proposition. They didn't make my top three. It's Kawhi's not going to be over. <laughs> DNP, DNP, DNP. John Wall and Terrence Mann. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but come on, it's time. I, I they're I'm, really good. I'm, I'm a clip. I like what the Clippers have done and or tried to do. I would say, and so I just it's time that. God, we get that team out there, and they can get some consistency, and they can we can see what they can do. And uh, but boy, yeah. what a frustrating! I mean, that's a frustrating fan base. Yeah, no, I, I kind of in the same vein. Uh, last team I'll bring up before we go to bad teams that we don't want to watch is the Sixers. Actually, I'm kind of high on them this year. I really think I've I've seen nothing but like good things about Harden this off season, and that's obviously not the norm. Oh, he's getting in shape this year. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, great. Exactly. Right. Um, but I actually really like some of the small pickups they did between PJ Tucker and DeAnthony Melton. I think those are two very, very solid rotation guys that you know can play in the playoffs, um, especially with stars and they Embiid's as almost as big a star as anyone in the league. And then Harden, we'll see if he can have more of a bounce back year. But hopefully, with a full year and uh, in the system and off season and everything, um, he'll be able to get at least. At least to what he was early with the Nets, where he was like the I'm gonna average 12 assists guy and kind of not need to be the ball hog guy that I had was in Houston. But yeah, I'm behind them going into this year, and so I'm excited to see that um, if they can actually pull together because they, I mean, they have as much talent as anyone in the league. So and they're they not, do, really, and get, I mean, not I, really getting I, uh, talked about. Uh, I'm not a. I can't ever like the Sixers officially, but uh, Embiid, Embiid is always worth uh, yeah. watching. He can he can put now, not maybe not always forty eight minutes in a row type of thing, but yeah. he can put stretches together where you get these flashbacks to Shaq of like this is not fair. Yeah, this, they're not, and then I start focus. I waste time on the refing and like he's getting calls. There's twenty free throws, but he yeah. he's spectacular. Yeah, and then we didn't even talk about Maxi, but who knows? He yeah. was really good in the playoffs last year. We'll see if he's able to step up as well. But cool. So now I'm going to start on the least exciting teams. My number one pick will be the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> um, just because they, <laughs> their team sucks. I mean, <laughs> they literally, their best, their highest paid player is Doug McDermott. Their second highest paid player is Josh Richardson. Their third highest paid player is Danilo Gallinari, who's not even on the team. <laughs> and then we got Jakob Pertl, Zach Collins, Romeo Langford, Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell. You're not a Zach Collins believer, huh? <laughs> Josh Primo. The and then the best player. Out. He's been working out. He's in the best <laughs> okay. shape of his life. Best player coming in at their, the 10th highest paid, Keldon Johnson. I do like Keldon Johnson, but... I mean, they're just, they don't have a single guy that's a top 20 player. You could argue they don't have a top 100 player in the league. Um, I think Kelvin Johnson's probably the closest, but he'd be fringe anyway. So I just, there's no one I really care to see. And I think they're going to be really bad. I think they want to be really bad, 
which is why they traded Murray for a bunch of picks, and they were rumored to be in on Aiton, and then last minute were like, actually, never mind. So, I don't know. They just, nothing about this team excites me. <laughs> I mean, it could be exciting when we find out that Popovich is actually a, <laughs> a clone of some kind of A robot. First. He's a robot. Robovich. <laughs> I mean, what is Popovich doing? Yeah, I, I, I was surprised he was in charge of the roster. No, 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 I don't think he is. But I mean, he could sign off. They said that he signed off on the Murray trade, but it was more one of those like, I want to see him succeed. So oh, gonna, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was surprised he didn't retire at this point. Honestly, yeah. I thought he would, but I, I can only add that I will not be turning the Spurs on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I'm gonna go as my number one team um, out of uh, on the West Coast. Southwestern United States, there's a team called the Los Angeles Lakers that I uh, will not be seeking out because they'll also be on national TV way too many times. We will see LeBron James if he's healthy. We will see not Anthony Davis because he'll be hurt. And then, anyway, they just play the Lakers too much and then they underperform and then remind us that they won a bubble championship. Well, jokes on you. They won't be on League Pass because it'll be blacked out because they'll be on ESPN. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now I I didn't have the Lakers anywhere near my list just from the, I mean LeBron's gonna get the scoring, all time scoring record this year. I think he's they said he only needs to average like sixteen points a game if he plays, um, like at his career average games, which he probably won't. But even if he plays two thirds of the season. He still, if he hits his normal average, he'll get it. So I think that alone makes me want to tune in because I think it'll be fun to watch him go towards that. Plus, who knows? I mean, if anything, you should like watching them be bad if you're a Celtics fan. I do. That is a little (laughs) bit fun. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Their roster outside of Davis and LeBron is about as bad as it gets so. right, right. But, the, but the same thing the torture for me is like oh the Kings are up six on the Lakers in the fourth let me go check this game out and then like LeBron pulls out some like one yeah. point win I'm like ah what a waste of time yeah that's fair I'll always be a sucker for watching LeBron so I can't put him on there but fair enough cool um, my second pick will be the Utah Jazz because there's still some ambiguity here but you know what? Either way, it doesn't matter. If they keep Mitchell, they're going to be like an 11 seed, mediocre. He's going to be chucking up shots. They're going to have 35-year-old Mike Conley, 34-year-old Bogdanovich. Like they just – like Pat Bev on a bad team. That's not going to be fun to watch. What do, you, what do you end up saying about Conley's career? I mean – he, I mean, he's he a good career. He might even be close to Hall of Fame. No but, way. He's okay. got one All-Star appearance, Fine. and it I'm was like an like, injury replacement. He's always been a season away from... Yeah. yeah, but whatever. They they don't excite me. All their best players are 33 or older, except for Mitchell. So if they keep Mitchell, it's going to just be... a They're going to be terrible, on de- like really bad on defense without Gobert. They already were not very good with him, and he's like one of the best of all time, arguably, on defense. Um, and he's just, I'm sure he'll average 30 points, probably the Bradley Beal special, um, 12 seed, lead the league in scoring or something like that. But if they do trade him, then they're going to be on the Spurs level of awfulness where they don't even have any good players. So. Just awful. Yeah. So regardless, I mean, even when they've been good, they're kind of boring to watch just because it would, Gobert is not exactly the most exciting superstar to watch. I know that's, I just said that I'm excited to watch his team, but he's the... 
he's not expected to do anything on offense on that. No, team, that's so. enough about the Jazz. They okay, yeah, they suck. Yep, fair enough. I'm gonna <laughs> throw in uh, the Washington Wizards. Mm, that was gonna be my next pick in honor of the famous house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the what can I say? They the way they've uh, tried to manage build this roster, that they have no idea what they're doing, and then this Bradley Beal signing with a no trade contract clause. I mean, it's just a mess. And uh, you know, maybe you could, you know, maybe you could feel bad that they just never had the top three pick, and they have to pick in the late. You know, they did. John Wall was number two one overall. Yeah, but it's just like we're going to be watching. You know, Rui Hachimura for the win folks while Przingis is a DMP shin or whatever so I'm not I'm not a, not gonna be watching the Wizards I think that they know what they're doing and they like being mediocre <laughs> <laughs> I mean you don't just accidentally give 76 million dollars combined to Porzingis and Bradley Beal so. yeah no I agree they are an enigma of a team if we were doing like which team is most set up to be not good for the next decade they'd be the number one pick i think because they're just not going to be bad enough to get a top five pick and they have no shot at playoffs either i mean they yeah i think that's enough but you've heard my bradley b bill rants before i'm not a huge fan of him as a top guy and then they got a lot of decent players will barton kakuzma monte morris yeah. delon wright hachimura denny avgia Corey kispert like I mean, the only scenario is they can fly a bunch of those guys out. Yeah, I mean, I think that they could. Assets if they, well, yeah, if they decide to blow it up, then I. That's what I think they should do. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what they're going to get for Beal, and he would have to sign off on it. And then Porzingis is like a, not even worth anything on that salary these days. So, okay. Um, so my next one. This is. There's a caveat to this. I have the Knicks. I think if they get Mitchell, they will not be on here because I think they would be pretty good. But assuming the roster stays as is, I thoroughly do not enjoy watching Julius Randle play basketball. Um, (laughs) Jalen Brunson is good, very good, not great player. Um, Derrick Rose will probably play 30 games. Barrett will have all Knicks fans thinking he's going to break out before he has a terribly disappointing first half and then a somewhat encouraging second half that will lead them into next year thinking that he's going to be great. Um, and they've got they've got all these like, oh, he could be good, like Toppin, he could be good. They're all high on him. Quickly, he could be good. Grimes, he could be good. Barrett, like, he could be an all-star. And it's just like they're all like, okay. And again, I'm just like, Randall, you cannot... He had a completely anomalous season a, a few years ago, but he'll never replicate that. I stand by that, and the rest of the roster is just so meh. So, I don't know. I'm going to support you 99% here. The only thing to say, and, and everything you're talking about on the court is, you're totally right, and this is just a bad, bad roster that's not capable of much. And then, let's not forget, this is Thibodeau year three. Yeah, <laughs> bark, 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 bark. Sorry, not listening anymore, coach. But the one percent I'm going to kind of argue is mm-hmm. you got you got Walt, Clyde, Frazier, and Mike Breen doing the play by play. That's so fair. They yeah, well, yeah. they're worth the tiniest bit, <laughs> and you got a little bit of their yeah. spike getting bummed out. But yeah, I think that's Knicks are a solid pick. Yeah. All right. Then I have one last one. I, I just have to pick 
the Charlotte Hornets because they yeah this is the parts of life that are unexplainable but I have league pass and I cannot watch Charlotte Hornets <laughs> games nor can I watch them on my television so they're blacked out for something that I cannot seek out myself yeah. so but but on the rare occasions that I watch them I do not yeah I think it's back to the Wizards problem they're like doing things to stay mediocre and and well, where are they going I would I considered them but I'd argue in years past they were on the higher end of league pass because yes, there's an Lamelo is but, an exciting player. Yeah. He might not be overly conducive to winning. Yeah. And then Miles Bridges was one of the best dunkers in the league. Plus you got the what's his name screaming at the top of his lungs, the announcer guy. Yeah, that, this um, is true. That, I forgot his name, but that is something to behold. Forget <laughs> league pass. Yeah. But, uh, um, but then I'm also going to say boo on Miles Bridges. and Oh, yeah. Boo on well, he won't be on the team next year, and he, whatever, and, and he shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I actually consider them just because they lost him, and I'm like, I actually do like LaMelo, but I don't like much else. I mean, Hayward's going to play 50 games at best, <laughs> and then <laughs> Oubre Jr. is just, yeah. like, not he, – he's not it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I agree. Just a couple other teams I want to honorable mention – the Blazers, Oof. they're just, I've seen it enough. <laughs> I don't need to see it again. Um, and then I did have the Bulls. I think that they yeah. just didn't do enough to the roster. They're just going to be the same teams last year, like mediocre 6-7 seed. I saw them. They were. They could beat bad teams, but couldn't beat any good teams. And, yeah. DeRozan is just another one of those guys where I'm like, I've watched enough DeRozan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to throw um, Pacers on there. I just think that is just garbage roster. And I mean, maybe they're building towards the future. Matherin. I like Matherin, sure, and I and I think Halliburton's good too. So I didn't touch them. Cause I didn't have them in the top because I do think they're a little lower talent yeah. wise than the rest of the ones we yeah. mentioned. But but I, I like them. Yeah. And then Houston, I couldn't get there either. I'm just like. Yeah, KPJ is just I. He's not going to be good. And then Jalen Green. Yeah, it's funny is, that we didn't touch Houston. We didn't touch OKC. I I was thinking about. I think OKC is a bit overrated. I mean, it, obviously early it's just going to be like what's well, going on gonna, here. They're going like, to let what's going on with Chet. Are they going to let SGA play after the All Star right, break? Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, and if you watch the late season that yeah. roster, you're like, what is this team? I mean, what is yeah. this product? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. That's our League Pass draft. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, big thanks to my dad for hopping on as my first guest. Um, probably will look to do another one over the next few days, maybe early next week. Um, if there's no big news on the Kevin Durant front or and Donovan Mitchell or anything else, I might do my um, starting annual tiers rankings for all the players. Um, but if something else comes up before then, then certainly I'll talk about that as well. But yep. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you soon.